Hey, Brown, I've done it. Uh, I found an exclusive super secret episode of Trek that no one has ever seen. Uh, never aired, rarer than a free ticket to Taylor Swift, which I can also get as I'm not only a member of the Glitterati, but a fully-fledged Swifty. Uh, I'd show you my T-shirt, but this is a fucking voicemail, you dipshit. Anyway, uh, I found this new website called LimeWire. I'll send you a link to this rare episode, and you can uh, do that one this week. You wouldn't download a movie... You wouldn't steal a car, but you better do what the fuck I say. And what I say is watch it, review it, and give out some votes and make it funny this time, for God's sakes. And note, uh, this is my Christmas present to you. Noting that contractually waives me from any financial presence or responsibility as per our contract. Read the fine print, jam eaters. Also, if Hogan doesn't turn up this week... Sub and a guest host, just make sure that it isn't that Jack guy from Let's Talk About Tracks. Peace out. Hey guys, I'm Dominic Keating, and this is Unplanned Wreck. Okay, hello. Hello. Um, this is saying I'm really excited. We're going to have an awesome few hours coming up. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Unplanned Trek. Welcome to Unplanned Trek, the podcast that got sent to the brig and decided to stay. My name is Isaac, and this week I am joined by a good friend of the show, Jack from Let's Talk About Treks. How are you going, Jack? I am going well, Isaac. It's great to be back here on Unplanned Trek. It has been a little while since we've had you on. In fact, it's been a little while since we've had anyone on, so it's fantastic to have a guest today. Our, our friend Andrew couldn't make it today. He's op, off, sorry, fixing a communications array on a very um, far off okay. planet at the moment. I think it's got something yeah. to do with the Nexus. Oh, I do, okay. do oh. not want to see Andrew's Nexus fantasies, but um, again, <laughs> but uh, that's for another, another time. So as, um, as Mark mentioned in the intro, he's got his, his, yeah. his hands on a super rare star trek um episode for us to watch today which has characters yeah. from all the different franchises somehow and um, that was very surprising yeah and and limewire still works i was able to get it off there so uh yeah, thanks for sharing it with me i really appreciate it That's, i i didn't even know there was a missing episode of of star trek but yeah. here we are it's it's well known in doctor who that there's a missing episode but yeah it was great to Great, great to see this one. Um, so we'll, we have, there'll be a link in the description for everyone else to see it if you haven't today. But essentially what happens in this one is uh, Wesley Crusher and his uh, extended family go to DS9. Um, they find themselves there. Uh, the family decide to go to Riser for the, for the Christmas season, but accidentally Wesley gets left behind. Left behind, yeah. Gets in a bit of trouble in the Romanade with a couple of the Ferengis. And then, um, yeah, against all odds, ends up saving the day and Christmas and gets reunited with his family. It's a bit of a formula, but I, I quite like the formula. What, what was your take on it, Jack? I mean, it's an interesting formula. I'm really glad that this episode was left out of the pantheon of, <laughs> you know, Star Trek The Next Generation because it really would have doubled down on my feelings about Wesley Crusher being like an evil boy genius mm, mm, absolutely it confirms it doesn't it but it really really does yeah. he's, he's pretty brutal in yeah. here yeah I, I i think rom and quark would have benefited from wesley being executed after treading on some flowers yeah i think that would have been very helpful yeah. for them <laughs> i think it i think that maybe this episode was incepted by that episode mm-hmm because it was sort of a slapstick thing, like he fell over something and then they wanted to kill him for it. So now he's decided to then turn around that slapstickness and like make it into a weapon on other people. Yeah, maybe a Genesis type of weapon. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah, as you said, it probably didn't feel like it belonged in any franchise. If you didn't like Chrysalis, then you were not alone but is this one better 
than the voyage home. Alright, so we start each week with having a look at where this one fits in the bell curve of all the episodes we've done so far. So in our rationale, the best episode we've done so far is Star Trek for the one with the whales, and the worst episode we've done is the worst episode of DS9, which is called Chrysalis. Okay. Have you got a worse DS9 episode than Chrysalis for me? Almost all of them. Wow, this is your favourite DS9 episode. Of all Star Trek. What's my favourite Deep Space Nine episode? Well, take me out to the Hollow Suite. Well, Far Beyond the Stars. Chrysalis. One of those three. (laughs) I reckon I have 173 episodes above it in DS9. Oh, that's... Your your scale is backwards, but still, it, I think that this falls near the uh, near the chrysalis near your chrysalis <laughs> end of your chrysalis spectrum. Yeah, it, it's probably bottom five of what we've done so far. I reckon. Yeah, the brut- it's the brutality for me. What I did find something I did find interesting and unique about this episode was that it. I, I think that for the time that it came, it would have come mm. out that it would have been the first appearance of Dr. Miglimo. I didn't mm. know that they made Dr. Miglimo up so long ago, like so that Wesley was a, you know, child. You, you're right. It's, um, yeah, and I guess that kind of makes sense that we're not really ever introduced to Doc, Dr. Miglimo in Lower Deck. So maybe that's because yeah. the writers were yeah, like, well, yeah. everyone does know this character, but they forgot that the, yeah. the episode was missing. Yeah, it's interesting. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, look, I've got it. It's better than Chrysalis. It's it's better than that one of Next Generation we don't talk about. It's even better than the clip show. But yeah, it's it's nowhere near the one with the whales. It's not even near Star Trek Five, which is terrible. <laughs> I should know. I'm watching it one minute at a you, time. <laughs> you guys should take your you should take your scales to a recalibrator. Yeah, well, to see if somebody can fix them. Look, my it, it is a little like I haven't admitted this, but because we record out of sequence sometimes, there was an episode that I liked better than Star Trek Four that we did, but I'd recorded ones after that, which meant that it didn't make sense to say that that one was actually better. But I actually really like DS 9s The Visitor. I think that's I think it's brilliant. It makes me cry okay. so much too. Yeah. Have you not considered just recalibrating the scale every time it needs calibration? Like, if you find something better than the top, then you just change what the top is, right? Oh, that's that's absolutely fine. But I'd recorded something that came out after Visitor. Uh, sorry, but after I... So I did it out of order. So the Visitor, I kind oh, of... was confusing. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been... It would have gone back to Chrysalis and then gone to the Visitor in the future and been a bit confusing, but... I'm not sure if Andrew agrees as well that The Visitor is the best above the one with the whales, so, yeah. But it's certainly my favourite DS9, yeah. I would say The Visitor is pretty good. I, I, I definitely would, would put Far Beyond the Stars way up there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. There's so, so much. It's 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 like The Beatles, so much you can fit into the top ten with DS9. <laughs> well, this is true. Yeah. For sure. Duet is another one to way yeah, up there. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. Captain Jean-Luc Picard medal. So we have the Jean-Luc Picard medal. That'll be for the best quality of the episode. It's cumulative throughout the year, so we can add these on to the characters that have received this previously so they can add up their medals throughout the year. Excellent. Something else? No, no, that's fine. Thank okay. you. No, um, All right. I'll, I'll give it a crack. So... Yeah, this week I've, I've watched this one with looking out for the three best characters and there was actually quite a few contenders this week. It was, it was a tricky one to do. But um, the first one, I'm, I'm going to give a point to Dixon Hill. I, I, I really loved uh, that holodeck scene where he's in black and white and he confronts his girlfriend about you know, everyone. I thought, what I thought was great about that and... was that he then had the strength and courage and forethinking or afterthought, I guess, to come back again and use the same maneuver to help out wisely he did you know when when everyone was after him it was it was exactly the same like copy and paste yeah he he did yeah yeah. Yeah. i guess if you know it's a good thing about holograms yeah (laughs) and if you know it works it's surely going to work all the time right yes what works now will work forever yeah that's right 
I'm, I'm going to give um, two points to, to Wesley as well. Um, I didn't know this about Wesley, but he could hold a tune. He, he was very good singing in the choir at the start, even though he's... Um, even though he's, uh, even though Locarno was there, being an idiot behind him with the with the candles behind his ears, I hated yeah. hated that. You know, when I watched the scene where Wesley's up there singing with his choir, and then he has his solo, I I didn't understand why everyone was laughing at him. Mm. Like I, for some reason, I wasn't focused at all on Nick Locarno and whatever mm. he was doing behind Wesley's head. I was just like, all of a sudden, everybody just started laughing and snickering and giggling at him, and then like the kid next to him starts laughing at him. I did I I didn't understand what was going on. But yes, I thought Wesley did a great job singing that that yeah. time in the episode. And you know what? I know they're in Nova Squad together, and I expect a bit of hazing, but I actually thought yeah. that Wesley was justified in beating him up. Like, and, and afterwards told to apologise. It was actually Lucano that ruined it. It wasn't, it wasn't Wesley. Wesley just reacted. He got pushed. Well, I, I suppose. But one thing I've noticed about Wesley and his boy geniusness is that he'll use a little tiny excuse to go way overboard. Mm. So when mm. he pushed Lucarno back, I think that he maybe intentionally pulled everyone off the yes. sand as well. Yeah, a bit of a wrestling move maybe. Yeah, like <laughs> he's just like, he, he does things where it seems like, you know, it's like, ha funny kid trick, but it's actually like some really brutal thing that he's actually planned out. I think that's what this episode showed me about Wesley Crusher. Yeah. He would have got a few more points, but I thought it took him a fair while to realise that he was on the DS9 alone. Like, there was no one there. Like, it's a pretty busy place. There was no one there. It took him... Well, it, it may have been better if there was no one there. I, when Cork and Rom showed up, th- that was it was really not a good time for them. Mm. It would have been better had yeah. they not shown up particularly for them i really liked his inventive yeah. use of the com badge to get a reservation i thought that was really good how it, it mimicked uh, picard's voice that, that was pretty clever yeah so this is a spark from that episode what was the episode was it the naked now mm. so that's sort of like yes. a repeat where he does the the voice thing again copying voices and you know make sure he clears spaces out yeah, you know i forgot he, he's got he's, he's, he's experienced it that as um as they say at Hogwarts in the dark arts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that's yeah, he's been establishing all of these skills to do these terrible things. How, who thinks to light a Jeffrey's tube on fire while people are climbing up climbing down it? That's, yeah. That's yeah. just pure evil. He and then making them fall down a, a, a shaft. Yeah. What? <laughs> and <laughs> like the way he sets things up he just knows exactly what they're going to do there's no oh but they might do this it's like no they'll definitely do this and this trap will will, will stop them for for 30 seconds before they find another yeah. trap it's fantastic it, it, it's it's like he knows cork and rom and mm. the way they're they're gonna interact with each other rom really got the worst of it yeah how many yeah. how many uh Bars of gold press let him throw at Ron's head. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, but there was more. They'd found a lot of latinum, you know, when when they with what they were trying to rob in the cargo bay. So, like, I know that I know what your point is that they got hit by a lot of latinum, but they had a lot of latinum to lose. <laughs> they did. They had a lot of latinum to yeah. lose. My final Maybe point that's what on this episode. Would have been titled had they titled it. Yeah, true. <laughs> Letting them to lose. Um, the last point I've got on Wesley was that mm. he, and we kind of just um, said it, I guess, but he, he laid out everything perfectly to stop Rom and Quark. So I, I love that about it. It was quite okay. quite humorous too. But three votes, and they're not in it for the, for the whole thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually just trying to give a bit of a Christmas present to the people that fight me on, on X, Crusher Convo, mm. sending all... You've, you've noticed all the memes of hate that they do at me. It's uh, quite upsetting at times. But, you know, in, um, in order to do an olive branch, I thought, you know, Doc mm. Crusher was pretty good. You know, she she was the first one to realise that, that Wesley was missing when she went, Wesley! Um, when she was on her way to yeah. Riser. Uh, she... And you know what? When she when she got back to the station, she wasn't she wasn't scared to look around it alone. And, you know, even the dark parts at night time when when it wasn't well lit, she she didn't she didn't need any help. She was happy just to go, do the right thing, and didn't give up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She never gave up, never surrendered. That's right. 
yeah, not like um, I'm trying to think of someone that does give up and surrender quickly in Star Trek, but most people do fight, don't they? Uh, yeah. The Keiko O'Brien Medal. All right, well, the good needs to be outweighed by the bad, and my good friend Jack has this week had, had a look at this episode to see, to keep an eye out for any irrelevant, upsetting, or, or characters that have just got to him. And um, with that analysis, how, how have you found watching the episode this week? Yeah, so interestingly, this episode, I would have to cite uh, Jean-Luc Picard, you know, Wesley's dad, as the character who kind of did sort of the least in this episode that was useful. Mm. He he left Wesley with a bag mm. full of, you know, a bunch, whole bunch of strips of gold-pressed latinum. Mm-hmm. They forgot him at the station. You know, like, he didn't seem very concerned about losing Wesley. I mean, I understand. Believe you, Michelle Luca, I understand. But, like, <laughs> as far as advancing the story, he didn't really, uh, he didn't really seem to do all that much that was that was useful. So that would be the mm-hmm. the, the one votes there. Fair. Yeah. And he, you know, he didn't switch the alarm on at the start. He unplugged it. Yeah, he, he unplugged everything and made the entire uh, room shut off, like lose power. That's right. And then when they reconnected power, it did not update the time with everything else. That's right. Bloody Isolinia yeah. chips. That's all we need. Um, bio gel packs across the fleet, whatever they were called. Uh, yeah. 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 Boimler apparently hadn't done his job. It was, uh. it was weird how Boimler treated... Uh, oh, speaking of whom, this yeah. would be the first time uh, Boimler would have appeared in an episode as well. That that's true. It, it is true. But of course, we see there are episodes of Boimler and Wesley in them in the future as well. So maybe a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. 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 Interesting how they. Yeah, it's a good thing they pulled this this episode out of the the Star Trek pantheon <laughs> because, you know, so so uh, who was it talking? So Boimler is is the one who gets those those two boys votes right. right there. Yeah. In this episode, for me. Yeah. Well, you know, he did what, what you shouldn't do in his role. He, he counted his tips in public. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, you can't count counter tips in public, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's, it's quite rude. Yeah. Was there anything else that upset you about Boyms? No, I think I'm I think I'm good with him. He was very smarmy. He did try to he did try to he was looking I don't know why he was looking through the bags. He was hmm. I was he trying to seal strips of latinum? I'm not really sure what was happening here. When he walked in on Robert in the shower well, he didn't actually <laughs> walk in on Robert in the shower. That was just Wesley making a puppet Robert yes. and doing the voice thing again <laughs> to make him think. It's weird that he recorded Robert earlier in the shower. Like, why are you recording people in the bathroom, Wesley? That's that's not a thing that's common in the States, mate? Uh, not yet. Oh. Um, we're not usually but, ahead of the trend here. We're usually years behind. Uh, but it's a very Tasmanian thing, which doesn't exist, to record, you, record you things in the shower. Yeah. Do you have a shower song? Uh, yes, I do. Do you want to share it? I do. Um... Uh, the intermix chamber and containment field is stable. Stable. Is that... <laughs> That's great. Thanks. My go, yeah, my go-to, and it's also for karaoke, is shoot by salt and pepper. And you know what I say to the guys when they put it on? I, I'm like, I don't. I don't need the lyrics, guys. I'm just going for it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, it, it sounds. I mean. I think this is where I have to challenge you to it, so... Oh, wow, you see, Andrew won't let me, but he's right here. So, yeah, um, you're going to have to do the backup, though, for me, all right? Mm. Well, here I go, here I go, here I go. I said, Jack, what's my weakness? <laughs> okay, bad chili. <laughs> it's fine. That was our first rehearsal. I mean... So, salt and pepper wouldn't have got it right the first time either. We should, we should take this road on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if I can ever afford to go to Vegas and you're there too, that, that's where we're going to end up. 
Yeah, we're going to do a residency, for sure. <laughs> That's right. We're not allowed to leave. We'll be like Celine Dion. We'll just be in Vegas forever. Yep, yeah. trying to pay off her bill. Mm. I don't know how to segue from Celine Dion to who you're giving the three votes to, who I don't know who they are, but I'm going to attempt it. Did Celine Dion get three votes this week? Uh, Celine Dion is very close, <laughs> but instead, okay. So can I do this? Can I? Can I choose? Can I? Can I apply this medal to actually not necessarily someone who was least useful in this episode, but maybe the most horrifying in this episode? Because I mean, it depends on the perspective. If you're looking from, say, Cork and Rom's perspective, <laughs> then the one who who hurt their plans the most would be mm. would be that person. Does that would that sort of thing qualify? Because oh, I would yeah, love absolutely. to give something so, sort of negative to Wesley. You, yeah, just for the horrific fine. things. That, you know the episode really, The Masterpiece Society? Have you seen that the next generation where the everyone's clones? Some are clones and some are farm folk. Yeah. So Martin hated anyone mm. and was really mean the whole episode. But he's the hero of the piece. <laughs> we gave him Picard medal votes for that one because he was right. So you can you can give it... You don't have to be a negative character to get negative votes. You don't have to be a positive character or the hero of the episode to get the vote. So, yeah, you can give it... You can give it... To, like, we've even given votes based on a moustache before. So it's you've got you've got no way of... Um, no, no restrictions here. I like it, yeah. And in that case, I for sure just need to apply something that is not JLP, like sort of a JLP opposite yeah. to Wesley. Excellent. Incredibly valid. Yeah. For the, for the reasons he got the um, the votes in the Picard probably too, because he, 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 he does stop a lot of, like if you look at it, as you say, from the Roman Quark perspective, he stops uh, the narrative. He did, indeed. Yeah. All yeah. they wanted to do was get some latinum and leave. It would have been a short trick. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a very short trick. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, see, you know, it seemed very short trick, like, because it was the way that Rom and Quark were sort of animated, like, the way that they moved around. Like, the one time when, mm. you know, uh, Wesley... Put for I don't know why they have stairs on these place nine. For some reason, Wesley put a big cargo container at the top of the stairs, and then or was it a ramp? Could have been a ramp. I don't know. And rolled down the corridor, and then like slammed the door outward into them, and then like they got their noses a little bit to the yeah. side. Like that was sort of outside of the range of normal physics. Even when I mean, if Wesley threw, you know, five big bricks of. Uh, gold plus latinum from the top of the promenade mm. to the lower level <laughs> promenade onto your head you'd think you'd have like some real like you wouldn't be getting up for a while so yeah, but you know rom got up and kept moving and they kept doing hijinks i can see why tippering doesn't like hijinks <laughs> did you think the barrel that that knocked them over was the same barrel that knocked over wharf because it looked pretty similar Funny to you should say that because that's another reason why I think that they may have pulled this from mm. the Star Trek canon, because this would have definitely implicated Wesley in the paralyzation of Worf. Yeah. And like I guess... as soon as it happened, they'd be like, oh, really, a barrel fell on him? Wesley? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. And I guess the other thing on that is, I, I don't think the writers want want Ferengi to be tougher than um, the, the Klingons. Like, Klingons are supposed to be feared and dominant. We don't want them to be the laughing stock, which the Ferengi was set up for, as from the very yeah, start. These guys, really. Yeah, these guys could have a whole bunch of barrels fall on them, yeah. and they would have been okay. It was very slapstick, come to think of it. Not really science fiction. The the scenes between Wesley and the Ferengi. Yeah, it's almost as if there was another story about a a different, like a an anomaly that was causing a strange, like area of space where physics didn't act properly sort of thing that they just sort of didn't like unrecency bias well mate that were they were fantastic votes and will affect the end of the year um rankings and now our award show is coming up very soon, maybe even next week will be the release date for that. So 
I'm going to have to play with my Excel formulas and see what's going on. But we do have more to do, more segments to do, and I'm going to do more now... More you said more doo-doo. Woo, I did. <laughs> I'll make that into a song as well, like the uh, Daniels. Blame Daniels, blame Daniels. Second to next episode is a uh, enterprise one with Daniels in it, and I've put that mute, that song every time we mention Daniels. When I edited the episode, it went from being 45 minutes long to an hour and five. <laughs> oh my God, in heaven. It's chaotic, man. Yeah. Um, it sounds chaotic. <laughs> the best line of the episode. Okay, so... The line of the episode is exactly how it sounds. What I've done is I've written down the, the best lines and Jack is going to tell me which one is the winner. And there is no prize for the winner. Ooh, I'm biting my fingernails over here. <laughs> hope, I pick, hope I choose right. Yeah, okay. So the first one was Robert near the start when he said, Get out of here, you nosy little pervert, or I'm going to slap you silly. He did do a lot of threatening of Wesley during this episode, didn't he? He questioned his manhood. He said he was going to slap him. Yeah. There was a little bit of abusiveness coming out of Robert this episode. Right. I was surprised. I guess it was really all that suppressed anger at Jean-Luc actually just coming out <laughs> at Wesley. Well, I think Robert likes all of the kids that the, the Doc and JLP have together, except yeah, for Wesley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seemed that way. Yeah. Next one, I've got I've got Locano saying, "Beat that, you little trout sniffer!" After his fake apology in front of the family. Yeah, I keep trying to picture that, and I don't know why Tom. I mean, Nick Locarno would say <laughs> that because I can't imagine. Like, what does that even mean? What? So, I, the, I, is it the I keep type trying of to picture it? And I'm just, what do trout smell bad? I what? think it's more that they do sniffing. So. Is it like um, they try to find some sort of mushrooms and locate them or something? I don't know. It's been a while. I think there's a... Maybe I'm getting trout. Is that trout. how they travel through Oh, trout sniffer's different network. to snout sniffer. <laughs> snout tiffer? Snout... I'm going to say something wrong. Um, beat that, you little trout sniffer. It, it's, it's not that insulting, really. Maybe it's not line of the episode. We'll see if this next one is. We've got Doc Crusher okay. going, Wesley! When she realised he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I think that was actually a repeat of uh, that scene from mm. Remember Me. But yes. she's like, Wesley! It's, it's pretty much the very same scene. <laughs> so maybe they saw it, maybe they were like, oh, we have to use that scene even if we don't yeah. use this episode. And they did Remember Me. Excellent. We've got um, John Luke Picard saying, funnily enough, we never lose our luggage. 
when they find out that Weasley's missing. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And then they knock in unison on the countertop. <laughs> <laughs> pretty hilarious. It was pretty good double Terrible up. parenting. This, yeah. this episode was rife with the revelation of terrible parenting by Picard and Beverly. Yeah. Uh, Wesley saying, I'm 10 years old, TV is my wife. I thought that was good. Mm. And, of course... Yeah, I thought it was a little anachronistic because you would think you would have said hollow programs or something, but yeah, mm. TV. Yeah. Mm. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Bad, edit, bad editing, bad writing, bad everything. Well, yeah, yeah. And they were working on it. And I also really liked Dixon Hill's Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animal, and A Happy you New Year. Animals. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure which Ferengi said it, but I've got, I'm going to murder that kid as well. And I, I, I was wondering if this was a reference to Q, but I, I can't remember who said it now. I didn't note it down. But someone oh. said, are you nuts? He's omnipresent. Yes, I heard that too. And I was like, wait, oh, now we're going to bring Q into yeah. it. I knew they were going to insert Q into this middle of, middle of this episode. Do you think that Q was masquerading as Miglimo? Do you think that was the whole thing? I also Ooh. wondered, was Q playing the role of Santa Claus? Was that Santa Claus at the end? Is that how they got all the presents? That showed up in this beautiful hotel room and somehow to have two floors. Like You've you've solved it. Q is Santa. It's the only way you can uh, deliver all those presents in one night. The only You way. just snap it your fingers, bang. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this was the first attempt at a Q Christmas story. A Q Christmas. Right. A Q-smas. Yeah. Q-smas. Merry Happy Q-smas, Jack. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you as well. I, I so which Christmas movie do you think is better, uh, Generations or or this one? Oh, this one does have more of a Christmas flavour to it, and may have Q in it. Christmas-y. But uh oh, yeah. Generations. Yeah, I mean, secret Q. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go Generations. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, the same family though. Oh, all those little kids. <laughs> and, <laughs> Generations was actually released. <laughs> I'm glad they changed the uh, clothes. They were, well, they changed the clothes they were wearing to the Elizabethan clothes for some reason. Mm, true. That you wear in the future. Yeah. So, do you have a winner for me? Who's um, Which one um, was the best? In light of this being a Christmas movie, I'm going to go with Dixon Hill's line. Excellent. Merry Christmas. Good, good God. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Alright, so the next medal is the Wharf Medal. And there's a lot of fighting that happens in this episode. We're going to give out a lot of points this week. Yeah. Yeah. So I I noted them all as they happen. So I'm I'm going to run through the list for you. Uh We've got... Locano and Wesley, you know, at the start of the choir bit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. When Wesley pulls everybody down off the stands. Yeah. Rom got slapped by a random lady when he was trying to steal a purse. Twice, right? Yeah. 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 Same lady. Yep. Yes, you're right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't catch her name, so I had to say Dixon Hill was fighting some broad. I don't know if you caught her name. Yeah, I thought that was seven for a minute, oh, but I guess yeah, it wasn't. It might have been. If, if, it was without the... Um, I'm using my hands to tell a point on an audio yeah, podcast. It's a, it's without the facial game, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, if it was, yeah. I didn't pick it. But Implant. I, that bit was in black and white, so I'll, I'll have to rewatch it. If it was seven, I'll give her points. Yeah. Um, Quark versus the pigeons. Uh, they were flying all around him. It was a, it was a difficult fight. I've got Rom versus Balance because he was fighting that all the time. Constantly. Yes. Yeah. Rom and Quark versus Wesley, of course. Uh, Wesley Wesley was fighting Boimler and Sonia Gomez uh, quite a lot. Um, in, yeah. In the in where he was staying, they were trying. Yeah, they had a little back and forth. Yeah. Uh, again, Boimler and Sonia Gomez were fighting Dixon Hill. They ended up there. <laughs> mm, they were. He told them to get on their knees. Yep. And and then they did. They did. They did. And they yeah. they said they said that they love him, which was great too. They uh, did. They did indeed. Crusher slept Boimler. Did you, can you remember that bit? This is correct. Yep. yep. Yes. Uh, Rom, Quark, and Wes again, and then Birds versus Rom and Quark. Yes, that yeah. was. I, I don't know what were those Miglimo's children. 
Or was that, well, I guess if we're saying that this was actually Q mm. masquerading as Miggly Moe. If that's, the, the, if that's Q. The, those birds seemed much smaller than Miggly Moe and sort of different in nature. If it's Q's kids, could it be Janeway? Because mm. Q was forever trying to have a baby with Janeway. Wouldn't they be little salamanders? Yeah, I, I, was, I was trying to walk into that. <laughs> Or was that the is that the is that the Locarno DNA that makes salamanders? <laughs> the two Vix medal. So now we have a segment that is near and dear to my heart because it is a representation of perhaps the greatest ever character of Star Trek of all time, and that is the medal based around Tuvix. This is a medal that's granted for an individual that finds the release of death during the course of the episode. Excellent introduction. When you said the the best character of Star Trek, I knew it wasn't going to be Daniels. Daniels does. He comes in and goes. Episode, he yes. goes. Oh, I know what's happening. I'm not going to tell you. He has a brief little, little little cameo. He does. He actually helps Wesley yeah. with his directions to to find his way to the promenade. He says yeah. to the left and down the hall. Yeah. 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 Who knew? Who knew what he was going to do later? Yeah. What a bastard. Oh, he knew. <laughs> he just wouldn't tell us. Oh, I've got a secret. Yeah, it's all not. about you. Can't tell yeah. you anything. Fuck off, Daniels. Metal, Dixon's Hills Broad. He shot her. He shot her several times. She's not coming back for the sequel, mate. Well, it's implied. Yeah, yeah, but heavily. It's not something we really saw. So she could come back. Oh, she I mean she'd come back on a Genesis planet, or you know, maybe Wesley has some machinations with her. I mean, she's a hologram. That's right? that's so. the beauty of the two Vicks, though, is that you can die more than once. You can die more than once in the same episode. Mm, you know, you can. Yeah, um, yeah. in Sub Rosa, Grandma dies twice. Beverly dies a few times in that episode as well. I, uh, we're talking. We're using. We're talking about the Shakespearean use of the word uh, "die," right? Well, we, yeah. Well, I hadn't been for the two Vicks medal, but uh, oh, maybe well, the, maybe you've just opened up a door oh, of how I can give right. a lot more points. Yeah. Hey, a lot more points in Star Trek, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm in a good mood, I celebrate with some food. But when I'm in a bad mood, I also have some food. Skewers, a reminiscent of a helix, but this metal, well, it's named after Neelix, named after Neelix, the Neelix metal. All right, the next metal, Jack. This is a re- our newest metal. This is the Neelix metal. For any food scene in the episode. And there is actually quite a bit of food that happens this week. So, uh, 
we've got yeah it's uh who is it I'm, i largely remember wesley being fed a whole bunch of ice cream in mm-hmm. bed that's right. At one point, that was yeah. that was a mammoth Sunday that he was having. Yeah, we um we we had Jack Crusher Junior. He was having some Pepsi, and you don't want to okay. you don't want to sleep near him after he's had some Pepsi. Not at all. Yeah. Did you notice that Ron Clark were hiding near the perishable fresh seafood in a, in the back of the van at one point? Ron and Clark were surrounded. They were trout snippers actually at the time. <laughs> That's perfect. They, they said it smelt like freedom. So uh, ap- appealing to the American audience there, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, in the, um, the shuttle, the... Um, shuttle pod show. The, um, that Wesley had at one point, there was pizza and Coke ready for him. There was, that was that special shuttle that, shuttle that they prepared for him. Yeah. Shuttle pod show. Yes, yeah. absolutely. There was a lot of bird food, or as we like to call it, Migli Moo food, or Q food. Yes. Yeah. Like Q food, yes. Yeah. It was probably tiny little subatomic particles of energy. Yeah. Is what they were actually sprinkling on metaphorical be- birds. And because it's a Q-smas movie, there was also hot chocolate, which it just warms the heart. You've got to have hot chocolate for Q-smas. That's it's right. It's not Q-smas until you've had some hot chocolate. Now, you know... This side of the world that that, um, the Q-smas happens at the height of summer. Mm. So we don't have a chocolate at Q-smas. We're having a a cold beer or or some Pepsi like like Jack Crusher is. I can't. You're going to have to go into a cooler climate so you you can experience hot chocolate at Q-smas. I'm literally the next port away from Antarctica. I can't go much colder. Ow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I suppose you are. Yeah. Well, you could go ahead and hang out, hang out there for uh, for your for summer Christmas <laughs> and bring some hot Christmas Christmas chocolate. It, it would be twenty four hours of daylight at that time of year down at Antarctica too. The, the more hot chocolate for you. Yep, that's right. Dogs wag tails and cats don't like to be seen. This one's for Grudge. She is our queen. This next medal is going to be the Grudge Medal, which is awarded for any animals that appear in the episode. Mm. We've touched on it a fair bit, but there are heaps of birds. And there's a filth, there's your filthy animal. There's one filthy animal. <laughs> one filthy animal. At least one filthy animal. One filthy animal, one Migly Moo, and all the birds. The, the thwarting birds. birds. Yeah, and there's also two turtle doves that were given given to Wesley by that. There are from a tree by the rich man. For some reason, at one point there were horses on the promenade. I don't know if you oh. you saw that in the background. I, I I must have been looking at the foreground more. That's really weird, but not yeah, in a move yeah, along home kind of weird. As well. <laughs> there were a bunch of kids in brightly colored jackets running up to these horses. It was all in the background. It was it's wild what they were trying to do in the background in this episode. Wow. Yeah, I guess I, I, might have, I might have needed more than one rewatch to prepare for this, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah, not, not a great deal of animals, but enough to make it interesting this week. No Porthos, no Grudge. Nope. No. And no Picard's fish either. No lionfish at all. No. Nope. No lionfish. The Riker. Well, this is going to really impact the stats this this week. The Mornhub medal. This is for, the brown chicken, brown cow medal. Oh yeah, for any romance or anything that Riker would do, which means points could go everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got we've got some broad, which we think might be seven of nine. I'll have to rewatch to confirm. Could but, be. But seven of nine was with Boimler. Uh huh. Snuffy. Yeah. Al. Yeah. Leo. 
Yes, correct. Little Mo. Uh-huh. Cheeky. Yes. Bony Bob. Yes, Bony Bob. And Cliff. No, Cliff said no. <laughs> Cliff was surprised. Cliff was surprised, but I'm sure he's there. Me? No, Cliff said no. And do we assume that Seven was with Dixon Hill as well? Or is Dixon Hill just accusing them? At some point, I think, yeah. yeah. I think at some point. So that's... Probably not anymore. So that's Seven... Yeah. With one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If we're not counting Cliff, it's seven people. If it's um, with Cliff, it's eight. I think that uh, she has the high highest body count for this episode. So, did you notice that the body count happens twice in this episode? Interestingly enough, right? So she either gets seven points or fourteen points. I need your help. <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to 14 seems to be the repeated theme of this episode. You know, the number of kids, the mm. number of bodies. I think we can, we can count. Well, but no, but it's actually 13 because Cliff said no. Did he say no once? Or 12. <laughs> well, he said no. Well, yeah, he only said no once. Like, he didn't really get the, ch- the opportunity to respond the other time. <laughs> All right. So we'll give seven, 13 Mornard medal points and we'll give <laughs> everyone else two, except for Cliff who gets one. Do you think that Wesley was coming on to Miglimo? Like, oh. hey, hi, I'm Wesley, and I think you're cool. Like, that whole scene? Look, it did seem more like... You don't think I'm a pain in the butt? Like, why bring up butt, Wesley? What's going on mm. here? <laughs> that's, that's true. It was. It did smack of the things that you shouldn't that you teach your kids not to do. Don't go into an attic with a strange bird feeding woman that you meet yeah. and are terrified of. Don't instantly yeah. go up to her attic and watch the orchestra play Christmas songs. And give, oh yeah, let's go to a secret place where nobody knows about but me. Yeah. Oh, I was reminded yeah. of the Ninja Turtles movie where. They are in the uh, up the very top of uh, Madison Square Garden, I think, watching the basketball. Can you imagine if Wesley had fallen from that great height? Well, Mickey Moe would have been show. fine because they could have flapped his wing. But, they could have just flung, fluttered down. But um, could have puffed out. Yes, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Wesley's safe all the time. He's a traveler, man. He'll be fine. Oh yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. To separate. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's more hub. dream of a traveler this whole episode. <laughs> Potentially. I, I don't think Wesley and Migley Moo count as a Mourn hub. I just think it's really fucking weird. Yeah. It, it was a little odd, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you also notice at one point that I thought that the, 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 there was a shot that was the same spot where Raphael and Casey Jones fight about cricket near the start of the Ninja, first Ninja Turtles movie. You know, you have to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. I, I thought they were in the exact same part of... I imagine that it's Central Park on the holiday. Uh, oh, perhaps it was. I haven't seen Ninja Turtles, though. The so, 1990 version. It's, it's the perfect you, film. Uh, yeah. Mm, haven't seen... Yeah. Okay. Mm. Dan from It's Got Star Trek likes it and I like it. So okay. there's your recommendation. Well, then I'll have to watch yeah. it. I've written here... It comes highly recommended. Yeah. I might be a ham eater, but I know what a crumpet is, is what I've written. I've wrote ham, ham eater? I meant ham. jam eater. Yeah, that's what you meant. Damn keyboards, H and J's next to each other. You should have... The other head probably knew. Ask <laughs> the other head. I love how jam eater is caught on over social media. Because... It started off with Patrick from It's Got Star Trek um, looking up Tasmania to, to find out a bit about us. Yeah. And apparently yeah. Jam Eater is one of the top four ways that we say hello to people in Tasmania. We'll go, you know, you know, you know, you might go, hey, dude. I might go, hey, Jam Eater. And, and that's it. But yeah. the thing is, I have never heard it. Funny thing, because it, I have heard it before. Patrick wow. was not the first time I heard that. Did so you did you I hear that Tasmanian that say it? <laughs> so, sorry, uh, did you hear that? That's what we say in Tasmania. Or have you heard that said somewhere else? No, I've usually heard Tasmanian saying ham eater. <laughs> I have said ham eater more, but I'm saying ham. <laughs> right, that's the yeah, sure have. The other thing we've worked like, out uh, is neither uh, Edra or I like jam either, which is funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that is pretty perfect. Do you yeah. like Marmite? Um, I prefer Vegemite or Promite. Vegemite, yeah. Yeah. Should have they used a saucer separation? You know, if this episode had had a saucer separation, then we could have just reconnected the saucer to the engineering section and avoided this whole mess. But instead, it was a traveling of light years apart. They could have just reconnected the saucer instead of having this whole trek across the stars. Ooh, massive. Maybe that's what actually happened, and that's why this episode falls out of canon. Yeah. It becomes I, just a traveler's fever dream. Yeah, maybe because it could have been so easily fixed that they thought, nah, everyone's going to see through this. Yeah, yeah. that's also separate, yeah. Yeah. With Shinzon. Oh, it's me, little Shinzon. <laughs> Don't forget about me. Don't worry, Papa, the show. Hey, how you doing, fuckwads? Wow. What the shit? Don't say nothing. Say something. <laughs> do you want me to, do you want to talk to you me? I've weeks. <laughs> Shinzi, you all right? Who, who, who's this, who's this twat you got on the show? We've got Jack What's this week. What's he doing over here? <laughs> Hi, Shinzon. Oh, I've met you before. You're boring. <laughs> you going to take that, Jack? <laughs> I mean, I don't think really I have much of a choice. Just right, you know, you little stupid head. You're so stupid over here. And you got Isaac over here saying nothing. I guess I'll take over the show. I guess the show's mine. All right, well, here's what these little fuckwads are doing today. They're making fun of you. It's, it's not even a show about you. It's a show about them and about how stupid they are. All right, right, fuck off. Gotta go. All right, bye now. Late Night with Shinzon was developed by Isaac Brown and written by Andrew Hogan. All characters performed by Andrew Hogan. Executively produced by Connor Trenier, Dominique Keating and Mark Cartier for the Treks and Trekkers Network. You can also follow us on Twitter or X as at Late Night Shinzon. Tune in next week for more Late Nights with Shinzon. Wow, are you alright, mate? Yeah, I'm... He's brutal. He is brutal. He's absolutely yeah. brutal. Um, I wouldn't have him on the show. But I, there's contracts. There's. I'm actually kind of scared. Yeah. He he sounded a little different today. Oh, it might be more your end. It sounded sounded okay, fine. Probably just the, yeah, it's a distance. Probably. Yeah. Wow. Well, nothing tops his shins on. Absolutely not. Well, Jack. This has been an outstanding Christmas episode. Thank you very much for stepping in for Andrew this week. If you have got this far, you can probably tell that this actually isn't a Star Trek episode. We've been watching Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. It's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. Um, Jack, Merry, Merry Christmas to you and your we, family. We weren't watching a... <laughs> We weren't watching a Star Trek episode this whole time? Well, I wasn't. I don't know what you watched. <laughs> oh, wait. What did I watch? <laughs> Um, you've been such a, a long-term friend and supporter of our show. We, we really do appreciate you jumping in and, and, and being being with us today. I'm sure that anyone that's listening to this has listened to Let's Talk About Treks, but let's just imagine for a moment that they haven't. Do you want to introduce what you guys do weekly and, and how they can find you? Yeah, so you can find us on all the things on the Apple and the Google and Spotify and Alexa. You can ask Alexa, hey, Alexa, play Let's Talk About Treks, which... Sorry if I just activated your Alexa. <laughs> it's me, Jack Dorino, and my co-host, Earl Gray. 
and uh, we talk about every episode of Star Trek as it comes out. We call it an episodic review of today's best visions of the future. So, you know, check us out. People say they, they like us. A couple people do. Maybe you're one of those people too. Come join us. Excellent. Now, if we all tell one more person to listen, we can double our audience. So, please, yeah, not only listen to it, but tell a friend to listen to it as well. Um, Let's Talk About Tracks is awesome, particularly when there's new content rolling out. Have you got any plans to do between now and whatever next is coming through for for Star Trek? Yes, we are finishing. We are finishing our run of Disco season four. We're about to do uh, four ten, so we're going to finish mm. our Disco run, so that we'll be ready for the episode of Discovery when it comes. Uh, the season of Discovery when it comes out. We also actually have to go all the way back to Picard because we sort of stopped Picard because new Star Trek started coming out. We got a little bit late of a start. We didn't start in 2017 with Discovery, so we have to go back and finish Picard season one. I don't know. We've already done season three of Picard. I don't know if we're going to do Picard season two. I don't know if I want to watch it again. <laughs> I'll do it. It's not that bad and cute, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I mean, if we have time between yeah. now and I think Prodigy is next to come out on Netflix. Oh, right. Is, uh, then if we have time, then we will go through it. it. Again, as I always say, Picard season two, it's a fun romp. Mm. I, you will it, it can't be spoiled you will be you can talk to anybody about it which you will i guarantee you'll still be shocked and surprised whenever you see it yeah excellent yeah. i'm looking forward to to that and what 2024 holds for you fellas there's also an excellent patreon channel that these guys have which has some exclusive content segment 31 which i absolutely love as well so thanks for thanks for those who keep them rolling in it's a lot of fun to listen to Hello, my name is Isaac. Welcome to Unplanned Trek, the podcast that... No, I haven't thought of one yet. I'll do one. Hang on. (laughs) Okay. Wow, guys, I had no idea that you'd be able to do an episode on... Latinum to lose. So, well, I just figured you'd fuck it up. Uh, and, And Isaac, your take on... Dumb concept was amazing, uh, and Andrew, oh my God, when you talked about... Absent. I, uh, it's just like, we're riding a money train, a money train all the way to the money bank, the Hollywood money bank, which is where I transact because I'm a Hollywood jagoff. I'm very excited about this, guys. I'm very excited. So keep the jokes coming. Uh, keep the content rolling. Uh, watch out on your uh, uh, social media for the next unplanned Trek challenge from me, Hollywood producer Mark Cartier, producer of the Shuttle Pod Show. Get back to work. <laughs> I knew I bet on the right horse. Oh, uh, what, 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 what am I saying here? I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, oh, uh, so these segments where we give three, uh, three, the three best characters votes, which go to our overall tally for the year. Anything can qualify, that kind of stuff. Um, okay. So we have the Jean-Luc Picard medal first. That'll be, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Hold on. It's just not what you'd expect. That's unplanned track. Unplanned. Oh, I know exactly what we're going to do with that. That's going to have a musical sting. <laughs> Get the pods out. Hello, and thank you for listening to Unplanned Trek. This show is written by Isaac Brown and improvised by Andrew Hogan. Part of the Trek and Trekkers network of podcasts, executively produced by Mark Cartier, Dominic Keating, and Connor Trinity. This is Bruce Horak, and you are listening to Unplanned Trek. You can find links to other episodes and merch at unplannedtrek.com. I'm Olivia Youngers, who plays Ensign Riggs, who is resting until her next duty assignment. Hear me talk about all of that on Unplanned. 
follow our socials on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or write to us at hello at unplannedtrek.com. Hello everyone, I'm Bonnie Gordon from Star Trek Prodigy and you're listening to Unplanned Trek. Live long and prosper. Wrestling papers, wrestling papers. <laughs>